for listening. I'm here with Jasmine Noble Shelley. Jasmine is a project officer with the Maritime Archaeology Trust. Um, and I understand that, Jasmine, you've been in archaeology since 2009, which sounds like a fantastic career as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jasmine, thank you for coming on this morning. Um, first of all, can you just talk me through a little bit about what your day-to-day job involves, what your daily tasks are, thinking mainly in a pre-COVID world, but including COVID as well. Um, what would you do on a normal day? Oh, well, first of all, thanks for having me today. Um, as you say, I'm a project officer, which is quite a, a broad and all-encompassing title. Um, so I work for the Maritime Archaeology Trust, which is a charity that focuses on the research, the protection and the promotion of maritime heritage. So all of my tasks and all the things I do day to day are kind of focused around um, those three key things, the research, the protection and the promotion. Um, so what I do on a day to day basis is actually really varied. Um, I do lots of different things. Uh, usually my day starts with a cup of tea and checking my emails. Um, but after that, I could be doing, um, I could be prepping educational resources or in a pre-COVID world, I could be going out to events or to schools to teach people about maritime archaeology. Um, I could be working on a website. I could be taking hundreds of photographs of an object and turning those into a 3D model. Um, sometimes there is field work to be done. Um, I only do that in the intertidal zone because I don't dive, <laughs> unlike most of my colleagues. Um, I could be producing various kinds of media like videos, uh, posters, booklets, or I could be working with and supervising volunteers on their various tasks. Um, and of course, there's all the sort of admin and reports to be written, just like there is in, in most jobs. So anything and everything, my days are usually quite different, um, week on week or project to project. Yeah, it sounds like a whole um, a whole host of tasks on your plate there on, on a daily basis, but I suppose that definitely keeps it fresh and, and so much interesting work to be involved in there. Just one thing that anyone listening that, that may not be um, sure about, a lot of people have heard of archaeology. Um, some people aren't necessarily aware that maritime archaeology is kind of like a branch of that. So so what are the, the key differences you like that separates maritime archaeology as its own branch of archaeology? Um, well, some of the key differences are that obviously we deal with things that are wet. <laughs> um, archaeology is a, a huge, huge discipline. It studies all of human history and you, you just can't do all of that. So we focus down on um, anything to do with the sea or to do with water. So uh, the shipwrecks. Um, we could look at submerged prehistoric landscapes from thousands of years ago. We could look at um, wharves, jetties, harbours, things uh, kind of on that borderline between the land and the sea. Um, we might end up looking at things in lakes and rivers as well. Um, pretty much anything and everything human beings have had to do with the water or, or the sea. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for just clarifying that for, for the listeners as well. Um, and, and it's something that I've always been fascinated by. I, I would have loved to have gone into, into maritime archaeology. What for you then, uh, Jasmine, is your favourite part of your job? You mentioned so many tasks and you've, you've talked to us a bit about what maritime archaeology is, but what about that is your favourite part? Um, I think I've actually got two favourite parts, if I can, if I can have two. <laughs> um, I, the first one is sort of a, a very personal interest in that I'm very interested in the sort of digital aspects and the ways that we can use digital tools in archaeology. 
So I really enjoy creating 3D models of archaeological projects and sites. And it's just still amazes me, even though I've been doing it for a few years. It's like magic turning these 2D photographs into a, a 3D object um, that we can put online and people from all over the world can explore and, and they can really get up close and personal with it. And it means that you don't damage the actual original object from handling or anything like that, but people still get to enjoy it. So I think that's that's one thing. I just I just love that magic of, of creating it. Um, and the second bit is it's actually the teaching I do. Um, I love being able to show other people just how cool archaeology is. That might be a bit nerdy, but archaeology is just really cool. And I love being able to share that with people. I love being able to hand someone a flint tool and then see their face as I tell them it's up to 600,000 years old and there's always gasps and amazement and that reaction just just makes it all worth it. Uh, I love going into the schools and so for example during our D-Day Walls project we challenged students that we were teaching to build their own World War II landing craft out of scrap material and it was just so much fun. It was amazing to see what people came up with. It was fun to build them and test them. And it was fun to kind of do that learning through play and learning by surprise um, aspect of it. So I think, yeah, the teaching and 3D modelling are definitely two of my favourite aspects. Yeah, thanks very much for your answer. And I think, yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Archaeology is cool. Uh, no matter what anyone says, it definitely is. So having the opportunity to show that off, oh, awesome. Um, in terms of getting interested then in, in pursuing a career within maritime archaeology or just archaeology in general I suppose how, how did that come about was that something that sort of started off through your education or was that more outside interests how, how did it come about I think I've I've always been interested in history and archaeology um, I remember my parents taking me to Fort Cumberland in Portsmouth where they were holding a uh, kind of an archaeology open day when I was maybe I don't know, I don't think I could have been older than about five or six, um, if that. And uh, they had a test excavation pit. And I don't think my parents could drag me away for hours. <laughs> I think I was there digging, absolutely glued to it. And I think that's in part what started it off. Um, and I grew up watching Time Team. Um, it's about as old as I am. So it was on on a Sunday morning and they, they put, you know, two or three episodes on and I would just sit there absolutely glued to it so I think it's just it's always been something I've been really interested in yeah I, I can absolutely relate to that because I remember watching Time Team growing up as well I remember yeah going and doing things around the local area going to open days places like Fort Nelson for example which used to have bits and pieces on which is, is over sort of um, Portsmouth Way as well um, in terms of then building blocks to turning the interest into a career how did that journey start with regards to your education and then sort of how did that progress to become a career so as i said i've always loved history so it was quite natural to when i came to choose my gcse's to pick um history and i also picked um classical civilizations so ancient greeks and ancient romans um just just for the interest of it and i think by that point i was also starting to think about what I'd like to do in a career and starting to shape my education around that. And I was also very lucky in that while I was doing my GCSEs, I was given the opportunity to do an AS level early by our local college. And of course, it was archaeology, because I thought, wow, why not? That's, that's really exciting. Um, and I think that helped really cement that I wanted to go into archaeology. So then when I got to college, 
Arctic Archaeology um, as an A-level, uh, people from the Maritime Archaeology Trust um, actually came to do a talk at my college. And at that point, I was thinking about university. I was thinking about what experience I could get. So uh, at the end of that talk, I sort of went up and very shyly asked them, is there any way I could get involved or, or anything else I could do? And that was the start of it, really. I continued to volunteer with the Maritime Archaeology Trust for a few years, and we did um, a couple of excavations. I helped at the public outreach events. Um, I even went to France with them as part of a sort of mobile museum road trip. And it's through this volunteering that I heard that the Trust was taking part in something called the Hampshire Heritage Skills Scheme. And so this was a scheme that was running at the time to try and bring young people across Hampshire into heritage skills. So there was the Trust, there was um, some, some heritage garden centres, there was a couple of museums, that sort of thing that were involved. But I thought, because I knew the Trust and I'd been volunteering now, that I would go for this job at the Trust. Uh, and I got it. So it was a part-time job and I was sort of juggling it with um, doing university and I was also working in a bar at the same time so it was a, a bit full-on at the time but um, it was a two-year role and then once that finished the the trust was starting its big forgotten wrecks of the first world war project which is one of the biggest projects that the trust has ever done and I, it was just quite natural to move from the Hampshire Heritage School scheme into that project and then once that project filled into 2018 I stayed and here I am. Thanks very much for sharing your experience and your journey with us there, Jasmine. And I particularly love the fact that it was kind of like the end of a college talk where it was, right, I'm going to go and take this opportunity whilst it's there. A couple of questions around that, really. So partly, how commonly, is, is it more commonly than you might expect that opportunities like that sort of come about from what you've seen? And, and partly, I'm, I'm thinking for anyone students-wise or, or otherwise that might be listening that thinks, oh, that, that seems like a huge sort of jump and a huge step I'm not sure whether I could do that just go and ask somebody for how I can get involved what is your advice to anyone that, that might be looking to do that my advice is just to jump I must admit I was very nervous about asking first of all but I shouldn't have been they at the time um so it was Caroline and Gareth from the trust at the time and I was so nervous about approaching them but they were lovely and I've since replicated that experience, being on the other side of it, being the one that's doing the talk and having people come up to me and ask how they can get involved. And my advice is always the same, is just to jump, just to get stuck in. It's really not as scary as it sounds and you've absolutely nothing to lose by just asking. Um, the worst they can do is say, no, sorry, we haven't got anything available right now and you can go and try and find someone else to ask. Um, but the best thing that could come out of it is something like my story where you you get some volunteer experience it might lead to a full career um so just go for it really yeah thanks very much for your advice and, and i totally agree it is difficult to do it is a bit maybe intimidating but taking that leap and as you say having a go worst that can happen is somebody says no best case scenario look where it can lead you but yeah wonderful piece of advice thanks very much jasmine um now in terms of you said you've sort of been on the other end of that as well with maybe people coming to you to ask for an opportunity what sort of skills would you be looking for for that person to bring to the table if they're looking for an opportunity to get involved to develop some experience what skills are you looking for that person to have to, to help out in a, in a career similar to yours well first of all i think the best skill and i suppose it's possibly not a, a skill uh, per se but is that willingness to just get stuck in and to give things a go um 
it will help enormously because there's there's so many different things in archaeology that you can do that trying to specify one particular skill uh, without knowing exactly what you want to do is is perhaps narrowing down too early and too quickly. So I think it's better to cultivate a sort of just a willingness to get stuck in um, and try to just see where it's going to lead you really. Um, computer skills are always really good as well um, because everything we do these days is on a computer um, even if you go into sort of field work and you know you're out there you're going to be drawing up plans on a computer you you might be using um, cameras and, and uh, mapping systems and things so just being generally computer literate is very very helpful um, and I think one other skill to learn that it might sound a bit silly but actually just knowing how to google things properly is possibly the most helpful skill that you could pick up um, not just for archaeology but i think broadly overall as well because it's the internet's just a huge repository of knowledge and skills that you can learn anything you want there and you can find out anything you want there but knowing how to find it is half the battle and then secondly being critical of those sources as well. Um, so if you're searching a shipwreck and you've got two conflicting sources, you know, knowing uh, which one might be right, where to find other information that might corroborate with it, um, that's a really, really useful skill. And you could use that across many different projects, across many different time periods and many different subject areas. Brilliant. Thanks again for your, for your advice there around skills to develop and, and what skills are, are important in your job role. One thing I'm sort of conscious that we've, we've got this far into an interview and, and your background's in archaeology and we haven't actually talked too much about that sort of practical fieldwork element and, and that's probably the, the go-to thing that, that somebody hears archaeology and, and that's what they picture in their mind, although, you know, that's obviously a very different story in terms of the, the practical world, but can you sort of replicate in words the, the feeling of being at a site or involved in a project and, and how does that sort of make you feel does that change each time or is it different to the first time you're involved how, how does that sort of look over time um i think it does change a little bit over time so i think when i first got involved um you you have that time team feel if that makes sense it's it's the very exciting oh we're going to find something what are we going to find is it going to be really exciting am i going to discover the next stonehenge um you, you're very very excited about it all and that excitement doesn't fade but i think it it morphs and it changes less from oh my gosh the next stonehenge to okay this amazing tiny little bit of wood can tell us huge amounts about past and it's less about the big exciting things um you learn to appreciate more all the tiny little things that add up to build up a picture and build up a story i still feel excited when i go out on site i still love being able to see these places and, and the different places that it will take me to um and also just making that connection with the place you're in learning about it discovering it uncovering things that you and other people might not have known before is just a wonderful feeling and a wonderful way to connect with the world around you I think yeah thanks very much and I think yeah that that does sound like such a fantastic opportunity to have career-wise and you know for any students who might be listening that 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 sounds like their cup of tea here's here's your sort of um 
your background if you like here's your your introduction to what that career might entail and, and the different things you can do with a career in archaeology as well um jasmine i'm just interested to know if if you were to choose one thing that you said between you leaving school to the career you have now for you what's the best decision you've made along the way it's a tricky question because it's the, the career becomes an accumulation of lots of little decisions but I think if it was narrowing it down to one single decision, it would be that moment that I walked up to Caroline and Gareth from the Trust and I said, do you know anything about volunteering? That is probably the kind of decision that shaped everything. Um, it shaped my interest in different fields of archaeology. So I was quite interested in um, very early human origins when I was first uh, looking at archaeology. but by then coming and doing the talk and then subsequently getting involved in the volunteering, uh, my interest shifted into maritime archaeology. So I think just asking obviously led to a career, but it also just shaped um, everything I was learning at the time. So yeah, I think that would be the key decision. Lovely. Thanks so much for, for sharing that as well. Um, I'm also interested, just just know, I, I know that the Maritime Archaeology Trust have been working so hard on a, on a project with a D-Day wall in Southampton that I feel so privileged to say I'll be able to sort of sit down with um, with Helen Woolbridge as well from the, the Maritime Archaeology Trust in a couple of days' time and sort of talk about that in a bit more detail as well. Um, but with that sort of um, piece of work wrapped up, if you like, and, and moving on to pastures new, what's next for you, Jasmine, in your career in you know, projects that are coming up for the Maritime Archaeology Trust and where your career might take you in future? So I think the, the, the Trust has always got different projects going on. Um, the D-Day Wall is coming to a close, um, but there are going to be lots of exciting projects in the future. And for me personally, it's about continuing to develop the skills I've got at the moment. So as, I, as I've mentioned a few times, I, I really love the 3D modelling aspect and the digital aspect of things. And I'm actually just starting to learn the software that they use to create the virtual sets on the TV show, The Mandalorian. Um, and that's a really exciting, uh, there's loads of really exciting developments in the film industry that we can apply in archaeology. So, for example, we'll use it to create an underwater scene, 3D scene of a shipwreck that someone could then walk around in virtual reality uh, without even having to, you know, learn to dive or get wet, which is really cool. Um, so next steps are going to be to sort of learn that and develop my skills in producing those kinds of media and drawing on the real archaeological information to create the sort of digital version of it um, and applying that to whichever project comes next i mean that sounds just incredible uh, that, that i didn't even know that was a thing um i mean the, the technology behind it that's I mean, well, so fascinating to hear about, and thanks for sharing that, and, and look forward to seeing how that sort of works in future, and, and and yeah, what's to come. With regards to developing some experience, because I, I know from sort of my background, speaking university-wise, was a degree in archaeology as well, and sort of I know, generally speaking, opportunities can be a bit trickier to come by when it comes to archaeology. Um, what opportunities are there for any students who might be interested in getting involved in that field? I, and I always sort of spoken in this interview that archaeology is a huge field to get into, but maybe particularly focused with, within maybe the Maritime Archaeology Trust or, or other local projects. What opportunities do students have to, to gain some experience there? 
Well, first and foremost, you can come and volunteer with us at the Maritime Archaeology Trust, um, just as I did. Uh, we, depending on the project, will depend what kinds of volunteering you could get involved with, but it could be um, going out on intertidal field work, it could be getting involved with research, it could be coming out and helping me at events and um, teaching in schools. Um, so if you're interested in that, just just ask. Um, but there's in maritime archaeology particularly, there are a few other ways you could get involved. There's um, the Nautical Archaeology Society, uh, which you can get, you can do courses through them as well um, to learn some sort of more specific maritime skills. Um, there's also living on the south coast and in um, Hampshire, there are so many maritime-based uh, museums or groups that it's worth just having a search and just dropping a line out the blue. Um, We've, we've got example uh, Portsmouth Historic Dockyard. There's a few different museums and things in that that might be taking volunteers at the moment. Um, not sure what the situation is, obviously with with COVID and things. But once that starts opening up again, um, I think if you've got a, a local place to you, um, just to drop them a line and just just ask. Wonderful, and thank you so much for helping to to raise awareness that those opportunities are out there and to inspire students. I'm sure to, to get involved and yeah just thank you so much for today's interview it's been really fascinating to hear a bit more about your background and the advice and the skills and the experience that you have and and um, I hope that inspires anyone who's listening to go and pursue a similar career if that's their interest Jasmine thank you so much for your time today and it's been a pleasure to speak to you thanks for coming on to the podcast and look forward to catching up and seeing how these projects go in future well thank you so much for having me and talking to me today no problem at all